This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. I know what that shit is, son. That was a click track. That means we're recording now. Welcome, what up? What up? New direction for Hooniverse Podcast, episode 101, son. Fresh start. Past that 100 shit. Past that good shit. I'm just kidding. Uh, no. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 101. You're going to get a treat of an extra track of, of Jeff's vocals this week. Sweet. Yeah, we're going to... We uh, It wouldn't have been episode 100 without some audio issues. Uh, we actually had a... Surprise! I expected no one. I thought it was going to be me and Blake giving each other HJs in the parking lot. Um, well, you guys do that anyway. No, that's yeah, that's that's after a particularly good episode or a bad episode. Uh, you know, you gotta make yourself feel better. For good but times and bad. There's probably there was a good amount of people there, um, so it was nice. It was a good time, and I had a ride home, which was even better. Um, and you know, we had some cool cars show up, some great listeners. So thank you, everybody who came out. I for not making me be alone. Do you think? <laughs> There's With enough there Blake. to justify doing a live show somewhere at some point, or maybe. Well, we would probably need a little bit more. Uh, I would was... want a little bit. Well, I mean, a live show it doesn't need to be like, oh, we need a hundred people, or this isn't worth it. Like, if ten people showed up to a live show, it could be interesting. <laughs> Zach just goes Very interesting. You know what? It would be something. We should have the listeners let us know. Okay. Yes. Let's do that. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter. You know if, our shit. If we did it on a weekend, it'd probably be a little more feasible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, joining us again for episode 101 is A.J. Gordon, AJ Gordon from the Peterson. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. Uh, due to a scheduling conflict, he was supposed to be on the smoking tire tonight. Look, I'm told, <laughs> come to this building at 730. Whoever's here, I'll talk to. You, it's you're, you're like our white Blake tonight. I, you know, you're not the first. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not the first to tell me that. Nice. And frankly, I'll take it as a compliment. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you for joining because us. White privilege is quite nice. White thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could make so many inappropriate jokes, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, so what's going on out there in the world tonight? Zach, you have some big stuff going on with Drive. Your shows are popping up on television. Popping collars, popping shows. Do you get a credit on that? I would assume you do, No, right? they don't do credits at the end of it. What? They don't do any credits. That's fucking bullshit. I don't know what to tell you. Your IMDB page is not growing. I'll just put it in myself. You <laughs> right almost there. said IMDP, and that's a different page entirely. I like the DP page. No. Uh, <laughs> IMDP. How did the... I haven't... I don't have cable anymore, so yeah. I haven't been able to watch the episodes yet. It's cool. They did... I mean, I don't know. It's... Uh, I don't like plugging stuff, but... It is genuinely cool stuff they did. Like they, they went and rode dunes, like thousand horsepower buggies with Spinelli and Chris Harris in the in the dunes. And Harris hates sand, which and, is because he's he, British, I guess. I, don't I, know. I think he's just a, he's the worst passenger in the world. Um, he hates riding with people. He gets freaked out. Now I know that um, he's a short gentleman. He is. So I saw a photo. Just I think JF or Spinelli posted of the a crew the crew at a gas station. And he's in the back, and he just looks really short. Well, I mean, Harris, how short is he? Because I got the he's kind of spindly tall vibe. No, Harris is no. Like a five eight, five seven, five, five. Yeah, he's like okay. He's well, like oh, a, see, I thought he was shorter. But I'm five seven, five eight. Yeah, I thought so, he was shorter. But you got to keep in mind that 
Musso is six four. My Matt is like six three and a half. Thad's six four. Okay. I think JF's uh, JF tall. is like six one. Yeah. So I mean, everyone on the crew. All right. Is but big. Spinelli is he short? Yeah, Spinelli. Okay, because they might get the. He's not a midget, five. but well, no, but I mean. I don't know why you when you see people you size them up, but for some reason I look at him and I go shorter. Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah. Chris is also fit and shaped head. It makes him look leaner. He's got less less. He holds less fat in his face. I don't know. Weird genetic Brilliant. Brilliant. That's why we pay Spinelli and Chris to fight each other, and then Thad fights Musto, and then JF and Matt fight each other. You know, it's 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 paired up. At night. J, JF seems like a very peaceful man. I don't see fighting coming from yeah, him. Yeah, but I bet if he... He's got in a fight with Tom once, but I bet if... I feel like JF is like dark matter. He holds it in? Yeah, and he's nice. unleashed the fury. Um, that's excellent. Oh, our pizza has arrived. We're going to eat pizza while we record this, just so you guys know. Uh, and we're not going to... We're not going to stop. I'm going to keep going I'm, while I'll Chris wait. brings the pizza in. Yeah, Zach's stuff. getting a salad. Uh, and AJ yeah. brought some beer tonight. What'd you bring, buddy? Uh, well, now I like anything that's got a light at the end of it. Yet I'm horribly embarrassed about it. So I, I tried to get something as refreshing as possible, and I went with a Angel City Pilsner that I bought from the liquor store up the street. That works. I mean, uh, I haven't had anything from Angel City yet. I know they're the L.A.-based hipster brewery, um, and that's that's fine by me. Hipsters can churn out some decent beer. Um, and it's a Pilsner, so you're not going to go wrong. The flavor's fine. It's There's nothing offensive or, you know, it's right in the middle. I've had to learn going to bars that don't serve your Pabst or your Miller Lite or your Coors Light. The craft version is get something that's a Pilsner. Yeah, yeah, that's – you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Asking, asking for one of those is asking for ranch at an authentic <sighs> pizza place. And you're safe. Yeah, I've learned my lesson. You're of, very you just, safe. You don't do that. Now, I could take you to – those same bars, and uh, thank you, Chris. He just gave me my pizza. Uh, and I could get you something that's not a Pilsner, but would be interesting and approachable for someone who is in the Bud Light, Paps Blue Ribbon family of. They're giving you a bowl to eat out of? They're putting pizza in a bowl. Well, or is I that... thought that he's closest to the pizza, so okay. like, now, he I'm, could just I, you know, I don't judge. grab it from there. Alrighty then. <laughs> that's fantastic. The only reason we really have Sausage. played is because remote. We're remote from the pizza. Okay. No. All right. Fair enough. Still weird. No, you could yeah, have just turned the box towards him. I'm not a heavy, <laughs> heavy beer. I'm not an IPA or hoppy. And no, no. I know. But I, I could find something, I guarantee, that's not a Pilsner that you would like. I would like that. I, I can would. even name one of them. Uh, Bootleggers Brewing, if, if er, Bootleggers Brewery, if everybody's listening, their Palomino Ale is unbelievably good. And I think it would, should be the baseline beer for America. I would look into that. We Give it a shot. We went to uh, the Bear Public Brewery Ooh. with me and Thad when we were up in Sonoma shooting. How'd that go? Uh, Racer 5 is is even better from fresh from the, the tap, I bet. so to speak. Than, did uh, they have wow, 10? awesome. They did not have 10, which I would have gotten. They had a bunch of other stuff I tried. I didn't fall in love with anything. I love Racer 5 so much. Now, um, Jeff, do you brew your own beer, too? Yes, but it's been a while since I made my last brew, which is a bit of a shame because um, it also means I haven't seen my friend I brew with in a while because he lives out in Corona. So it's just... You have to have a free weekend. Yeah, it takes a couple hours, you know, setting up and, and going through all the process, and then yeah, I had the misfortune of having to do it. And <laughs> well, no, I, I I have a friend whose father is super into it, and we all kind of went, hey, let's go check it out. Let's brew our own beer. It's going to be awesome. And you know, you you get all the ingredients, you set up the machine, you pour the first thing in, and then you go, okay, what's next? And they go, you sit for an hour. In about an hour, right. we're going to pour this bucket into this bucket. And then what? 
Well, then in another hour, we're going to then pour that bucket into that. Pretty I had much. to make up an excuse for why I had to leave. I was so See, what bored. you do, though, is you sit around, and unless you're the one watching to make sure things aren't boiling over, and so the average boil time could be like an hour, and there will be hop additions at like... Uh, 15-minute mark, the 30-minute mark, right at the end for flavor. You know, there's a whole there's there's a reason why you add them at certain times, and the reason why you add certain ones, be it flavor, color, smell. Um, but so the the main person is focusing on that, focusing yep. on making sure it's maintaining the same temperature. It's not boiling over the side of the kettle. But in between that, it's a social thing. So you're sitting there talking. Like, so it's me and my buddy. How's life? How's the kids? How's your car? Oh, what have you driven lately? We're also having beer while we're making beer, you know, so. I've watched what? enough Breaking Bad to know they <laughs> very much edit down down that process because I feel like there is a lot of downtime. They don't write into the right. show. Well, we're also not cooking meth. I mean, there's a little bit of a difference. No, he's right. There's a lot more downtime with meth, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I, I enjoy the social aspect as much. I, I, Though I could just do it in my backyard and sit there and watch my dogs run around and do it by myself as so well. So the but, ideal thing is to basically have like a rotation of batches where you've got like three. Yeah. You've got one made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've one got fermenting. One. So you have one fermenting, one in the fridge, and then you're cooking up the then, one that went. That's and ideal. one to actually have that day. Well, well that's the downside yeah. is I'm sitting here getting all excited going, all right, so when this is done, we're going to drink this. Then go, in two weeks. Mm. Two weeks is short. I usually like... I'd be a month and a half out, depending on what I was making. And at this point, I go, I, I, I don't make a lot of money, but I'd rather just go buy a 12-pack at this point. But like, that's why Chris said you have – I also want to switch from bottles to kegs. I know we're – whatever. We're talking about beer here. So what? So this is the beer episode. Um, I want to switch from bottles to kegging because then you have one – It's easy. one, it's easier. Your carbonation is more consistent. But then – I want to have that beer on tap, so if I want to pull from it, I can just have a beer or two that night, and it's ready to go instead of, oh, is this bottle ready? No, this one's shitty. It didn't carbonate well. And then you have the other one fermenting in the closet, and then you're planning the next one. That's the goal. I'm just, I haven't See, been there for a while. That just gave me an idea for a new medical office. It would be uh, bottles to keggles. It's a whole <laughs> different thing, though. Wow. Yeah. I believe it's kegels. Or, or some <laughs> sort of retail establishment where you could go in and the the selection of the stuff that's already fermented and ready to serve is right there for you. And well, I could just pay them and get it by the bottle or glass. <laughs> there are places, though, on the flip side, where you can go to a – they call it brew on premise. You go there. You pick through a recipe book. They walk you through the steps. You do the basic steps. Then you leave while it ferments. Then you come back a couple weeks later and bottle it and take it home. Yeah, my friend did that for his wedding. He went to a brewery. They did like his own wedding brew, and that's what he served at his wedding. That's kind of cool. Is, it was great because all they had to do was show up to the wedding and drink the beer. Perfect. Anything before that? Nah. And the good thing about the brew on premise, for those of you who don't want to spend the money on um, the equipment, because it's not cheap. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's just it's just like cars. Like you want your car to go faster. You want a, your beer to expand and it, it gets expensive. Um, brew on premise, you you know, you're just paying for the opportunity to do it and make the beer and take it home eventually, but also clean up. That is part of it too. Your shit has to be clean. See, the brew on premise thing sounds to me like the people that pay to build their own motors in their cars and they go to the factory and build it. I'm like, I'm paying for that. I don't think I should actually have to put any effort into it. Hmm. 
I, I the first time I ever brewed beer, and um, sorry if anybody's tuning out because we're not talking about cars. Because fuck it, I love beer too. Um, the uh, first time I ever did it, my wife bought me a gift certificate for the brew on premise, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. I was like, well, shit, I got to learn how to do this more. Um, so I took it a level further. One Christmas, she got me the Mister Keg, which is the very familiar. I think they sell them at like Bath and Body Works and shit. It's shaped like a little football. It's two and a half gallons, and uh, I've since learned and talked to other people who've been doing this for a while. It's great to get people interested in the hobby, but it teaches you some bad practices. That's so, the clear plastic one. It's brownish. It's yeah. brownish. Uh, yeah. Um, so you, it's great because you can actually – I like my first batch of beer I made from that. I was like, this this doesn't taste bad. It's like, I just made beer. You know, you feel – it's like Tom Hanks when he makes fire in Castaway. That's how you feel the first time you crack your bottle because it's been like a month since you – cooked it essentially um and you crack the bottle and you drink it you're like holy shit that's beer and i can get drunk from this and it tastes good and there you know there's a whole yeah but you know what else you can get drunk from beer a 12 pack of bug life from Vaughn's. but you didn't make it and i'm not trying to be like hipster like i'm not like oh i gotta build my own furniture and even though I, i mean maybe it's the same idea but like build your own furniture I want IKEA to have a build section for me. I could just buy it from. <laughs> but there are there so but like there are people who take the whole artisanal handcrafted movement a little far. I just feel like brewing the beer, your own beer though. It's a sense of like so here's a way to bring back to cars. When I fix stuff on my truck, I feel like a hero. So when I drink my own beer that I made, similar feeling. Okay. Okay. So, but even though, speaking of my truck, might as well talk about it. Yes. This is the first time I've <sighs> actually seen it in person. I know. It's the first time I brought it here. Uh, and I wasn't intending to do that today. So, I've been doing some freelance video for some customers, and um, my shoot today was up in LA. I don't have a press car until tomorrow. I've just been enjoying the truck a little bit. Schedules collide, and you're like, you start to look at the calendar, and you're like, oh, fuck. How am I getting to L.A. at 11 a.m. tomorrow? Over the weekend, on Friday, actually, I did a bunch of shit to the truck, which I'll probably post on – you're listening to this on a Wednesday. I think I'm going to edit and run the video on Friday of this same week of stuff I've done to the Hoon truck. We visited our friend Rick Radcliffe. We had his kids work on the truck. We oh, did a bunch of shit. Oh, you had the kids work on that. Yeah. Zach right. <laughs> shaking his head. No, so we didn't, we didn't do anything insane. We, we changed the oil. Uh, we looked at the cooling. We did do compression and leak down tests, which aren't insane. It's just hooking shit up, but it was good to see. We learned some stuff yes, about the truck. It consists of a compressor and a spark plug hole. Well, the compression is good in seven out of eight cylinders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number eight is it's not in a place where you're like, oh shit, how are you driving this right now? Like, it's we pulled the pulled the plug on it. We're like, oh, that's where our problem is going to be before you even do the compression test because it was like it looked gunked as shit oh, on yeah. the top mm-hmm. um so sure enough you know within 10 percent, but that cylinder the compression's down which means down the i can drive it as is change plugs as needed change oil as needed but um eventually it'll need a bottom a total bottom end rebuild which sucks mm-hmm. um the so it's not valve seals which we thought which is fine but that would have been an easier fix uh, the head gasket is fine, apparently, which is good. The block doesn't seem cracked. Um, it just seems like that cylinder is giving us a little bit of the oil issue out back, the smoke, but whatever. We still can't figure out the cooling issue. We have some more things to try. We're still working on that. We did get the truck in the – oh, we put the new wheels on it too, thanks to LMC Truck. 
LMC truck rules. Uh, I get the Krager uh, fucking... Bowman hates these wheels. You saw that on Facebook. He says they belong in a trailer park, which I thought was a little harsh. When Zach, really I thought it was a little harsh. They look fine, but they're those wheels that, like, as soon as they start to get a little dirty or rusty, they look like they would actually go on a trailer. Right, and but for the record, for your truck, that's a compliment. <laughs> they're right at home. It's. I mean, you're. You're. I like your truck a lot, but I mean. It's you know it's more trailer than uh, than Concorde. Yeah. Oh well, no question. Um, the um, yeah, my rear plate is held in the rear window by ga- um, grip uh, whatever gaffer tape. <laughs> That's how my rear plate is on the truck right now. Concorde they deliver on. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it has steelies, and some people are like, "No, you got to keep the steel wheels." I'm like, oh, I wanted a little bit more muscle truck look. So I love these wheels. Thank you, LMC Truck, because they gave them to me for. Press prices, which is nothing. Uh, so thank you very much. Love LMC Truck for that. And they sent me a bunch of other parts, too, which we're going to shoot. Uh, but, oh, we also – oh, and I learned how to use the, the machine to put the tire on the uh, on the wheel, which was kind of cool. cool. Did you actually balance it, too? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yep. Um, one of them required four and a half ounces, <laughs> which <laughs> sucks. How many of those is that? It was like a, a strip and a half, Okay. which is so many. Yeah. Um, but was it – did you have really cheap tires? There's there's three of one type and one of another type. So the, I'm, I just put them on, but I'm going to swap a new tire soon. But, yeah. yeah, the other tires are garbage. That's, that's probably it. It is the tires. Yeah. But I was curious if the truck is a vibration issue. From 30 to 40 miles per hour, it vibrates. And then at, like, 41, it smooths right out. It's crazy. So some people – was, initially, I was like, ah, drive shaft. Uh, U-joints maybe. But other people are like, actually, check your tires. Like, mm-hmm rotate them do this and that we did that it's still there and then we lifted the truck oh my god the center bearing yeah it's the drive shaft (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the the second half of the drive shaft is like out further than it should be but when the truck because we had one of his students sit in it well it was raised so we could see the drive shaft and like at the certain rpm or or speed range it's like oh my god everybody stand back this thing's gonna shake itself apart it was scary yeah but uh, so, but drive shaft that stuff is actually pretty easy work and not too expensive. That the, the a whole new center support bearing is like fourteen dollars, hmm. which is nice. Mm-hmm. That's um, one nice thing about working on uh, old American cars is the parts are plentiful and dirt, right. not damn cheap. Right. So we we've done that. Um, so getting back to why the truck's here now. I was shooting the video today. I parked it at a garage in Wilshire Boulevard. The whole drive up, the truck was running great, but I'm on the highway. And it was after early morning traffic, so I knew it'd be all right. I get off the highway, hit traffic. I was like, like, come on, come on. I see the temp going up, temp going up, temp going up. I get into the garage. It didn't overheat. Uh, I wasn't spilling coolant, but it was like right on the cusp. Like, it's way too hot. And I had to like back it into this underground parking space with no power steering. It's a fucking nightmare. This truck is not built for downtown LA. But we do our shooting. Shoot, shoot, shoot goes well. And I know I have to come here for the podcast later on today. So it's like, fuck. Like, how am I going to get there? And I'm trying to map the best route through LA at about 5.15, 5.30 p.m. So it, thankfully, Waze is taking me on side streets to avoid most of the traffic. But I'm hitting streets. My temp's coming way up. Then I'm hitting some clear air. I'm bringing it back down. Finally, I get on the highway, and it's open because I'm going the opposite direction of traffic. And I bring the temp back down, and I get here. But I'm exhausted from doing that. My left knee fucking hurts from clutching so many times because I'm getting old. 
I'll be 35 this year, which you might as well take me out back and shoot me in the head. Uh, so it hurts, but it's it's old truck stuff, and it's part of the character of the truck, and I don't hate the truck at all. I still love that truck. I love that truck so much, but it's not made for downtown L.A., L.A. traffic, and we still have more parts to put on it. Oh, the other thing that sucked is um, it had a shitty um, dual shaft style uh, AM, FM radio with a tape deck. I took that out on Sunday because I was going to try to put in the new radio that I got from LMC Truck as well mm-hmm. uh, that looks like the old radio yep. but has Bluetooth, USB inputs in the back. Right. You oh, know, that's cool. would have been awesome. I could have connect, connected it, ran ways through that. But I never got around to that because the wiring from the previous owner is garbage. There's a speaker hung by wires in the glove box. And I just look, I'm like, I'm going to have to rip all this up. I might end up going to Allen Ed's and just being like, here's $150. Please wire this up because I don't want to deal with this. I, I honestly might do that. You'll get a marginally better wiring job from those guys. It's mine. Or I might, I'm going to look on like local Huntington Beach places that like do good work. Yeah. Look, I picked Allen Ed's because it's well-known. To be honest, I mean, on, on a truck like that, you've just got to run two speaker wires. I know. Doors. It's I know. dead simple. I know. I'm being lazy. But I just kind of wanted – it's one of those things I just want done. Like, yeah. it's not me skipping out on learning something. I know – that's one thing I know how to do. I know how to run those wires and plug it in mm-hmm. and set it all up. I just don't want to fucking deal with it. I just want my radio in to work, which, mm-hmm. again, is lazy. But if I can get someone to do it for cheap. Are, are your speakers even in the door or are they in the dash? The one is in the glove box, okay. and the other one is, like, up under the left side. They're supposed to be door speakers, I guess. Do you but, have grills on the door? No. Do you have holes in the door? No. Then you Probably have dash speakers. Yeah. But there's no place for them. I think maybe with where they – I don't know. The old I don't know. I, I, I was trying spots. to Google 65 F100 speaker diagrams and, like, nothing comes up. Dude, of course. you could probably just get away with getting a couple four-inch speakers or something and just using some sheet metal screws up under the bottom of the dash. That's true. Maybe. What that. if – and this might be me being a little lazy – go buy, like, a Beats pill – Duct tape it to the, you know, to under the dash, call it a day. It's funny you say that because today, because I knew I'd need Waze and I wanted some music, I had my JBL charge on the dashboard, which is similar to a Beats pill. Shout out to JBL. Yeah. It's, it's better because it's not a Beats branded thing. Right. They actually have a version two of this now that's supposed to be even better. But I can't live like that. I, I, I don't want to, like, worry about the batteries in my speaker in my truck. Hardwired in. Yeah. Oh, another thing, too. Uh, oh, fuck. Did I forget? No, I did it. All right, good. Um, the ignition switch all just out of nowhere stopped recognizing when I go to off so that the battery stays on. Hmm. I can oh, see so the voltmeter. Yeah. But so now I've been just popping off the negative terminal when I get places. <laughs> that's great. Yep. That's yep. What you do. yep. That's you life now. But again, I, I still love the truck. You bought so. a car new and you were going to get a project. Yeah. And then I, di- I made the mistake. Once I heard like down the road it's going to need to rebuild, I'm like, what if we just swap in something different? Uh, Falcon motor. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I saw a video of a dude with a like maybe a one year later F100 had a 302 with what they called GT40 heads, and oh my god, the thing sounded absolutely evil in a good way. Sounded so good, and I guess the 302 swap for my truck. All you do is you get the per the the purchase. From like a seventy F one fifty because they had that, and then like sl- uh, like a slight motor mount change, and that's pretty much it, I think. So because other people have swapped three hundred twos in these, and they, I mean, 
That would be awesome. You can swap anything into anything with some hockey pucks. Well, that's the goal with the, the wagon. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I believe is getting work done this week or last week. So we'll have an update on that car soon. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a trying day with the truck in the city. Heat. Oh, and heat on the whole time, obviously, too. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Which is a delight. Yeah. Could I ask you a question though involving the swaps? Yeah. You know, for some reason, when I was walking my dog, thinking about this today, is there a swap that's too much? No. Because um, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, when you we he's talk a, about the a moto Porsche. Well, yeah, and we talk about oh, like these okay. these e rod swaps and two forty SXs. That's actually that's not one. a bad one at all. But Don't the think. flying Miata stuff. Is there ever a? Yes. Now we've just gilded the lily. I'll tell you what it is. It's Rick Radcliffe's Benz that that's he's putting so awesome that he's no, putting a giant idea. Cummins in. Yeah, but the that's thing is, is where you're getting to where it's too much, it physically doesn't fit in the car. That's never stopped any human being. No, I'm not saying it's not great, but it's a bit much. You can see um, a sneak peek at that in the new Hoon Truck up video because it's parked right outside the shop, and I grabbed a couple shots of it. Um, the BC Moto, see, even that's not too much. The the BC Moto uh, Odyssey, that's fucking awesome. It's you can't yeah. enjoy it. Though. I've heard that's very drivable. The Odyssey is, is more drivable than the Porsche. I'll, I'll okay, it's both. drivable in the sense of it will get you point A to point B, but if you put your foot down in it anywhere else but the most perfect straight line, could you enjoy it? Uh, it, it Canyon's okay. I mean, Canyon's like a minivan. You know, it handles like yeah, a minivan. So but, it's not – it's – but yeah, six-speed, I mean, roast tires in second through fourth, depending on the tarmac and, the, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's – I think when it gets out of hand is when it makes something unusable. Like, like even flying Miata, those cars are so light. So if someone's like, oh, I'm going to put 700 horsepower on my Miata, I'm like, you're stupid. Well, that's you're what I'm saying. You're never going to get into that You will have more fun with 135 horsepower in a Miata. Or 300. Like, don't – Or – Not everything has to be – this is the lesson we're trying to, the, to learn on big muscles. Like, not everything needs the, the internet 12-inch dick of 1,000 horsepower. But that 1,200 horsepower Nova is one of the greatest cars ever. That is because it was made for that. It's like a drag car. But if you're a, a dude who mostly cruises around town, might autocross now and then, get 400 horsepower. You'll be happy and you'll be able to use it. Otherwise, every time you dip in the throttle, you're going to roast your tires. You're, you're, sometimes your lap times go down. Like, And we're not uh, ripping on Fly Miata because like, apparently – I mean those cars are supposed to be so well sorted. Yeah. No, the, I mean the lesson I've really learned with all these crazy cars we film is that build the car for you and you have to be really honest with who you are. Like – because the internet will tell you that you need a twin turbo LS in anything. Otherwise, yeah. you're a well. Bitch. I mean, yeah, but it's yeah. We all we all want to drive you know Veyrons with stripped interior, you know, to work and back every day. But in reality, no, we need you know we, right. we need 220 horsepower and we need something with air conditioning. I would well, love to see a stripped interior Veyron. That would be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> It'd be a lot of carbon, a lot of electric. Yeah. Um, well, I've been doing this very thing with you know the Fiesta builds so. I, we haven't really talked about this a lot, but we're going to be doing a comparison thing between Thad's car and my car. So I'm dealing with a lot of these different vendors trying to round up parts and, and things like that. And Thad's always going, let's go full hard bushings and everything. And I'm like, you don't want to do that on a street car. Mm-hmm. You will hate driving it every day. Yeah. What kind of horsepower is he putting out in that car? Uh, I think it's on like... Race, well, the last number I remember was on race gas, and it was like 310 wheel. Whoa. Is that... Or, sorry, uh, 310 torque wheel. Horsepower was still like at 240. 240, 250. That's so about all the Horsepower hasn't gotten up that much, but torque has gone up. That stock turbo doesn't can't flow. But more is that, that enjoyable on 
you know, at, with spirited driving versus something that's maybe built a little bit better to handle, a little bit better brakes, a little bit better suspension, and far less horsepower. Well, we're gonna find out. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it depends. Like, I think I think once it hit the race gas level or was really peeling out in third out of corners, like then you were losing playfulness. But before that. State, just regular stage two was awesome. It was sticking. still work right. Still it, drove like a Fiesta. Still fun as hell. But now you're pulling out of corners and charging down people. Like it was fast. I mean, it'll yeah. run after markedly, markedly higher horsepower priced cars. And unless that driver in the canyons anyway. In the canyons, yeah. I mean, on track, it's quick on track too. But yeah, it's it's fucking quick. Anywhere that something else is going to have time to stretch its legs, it'll blow past those cars. Mm-hmm. But in a tight canyon, I mean. He can easily keep up with a Porsche in the canyons. No problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like, Streets of Willow, he'd keep up with stuff that's a lot more expensive and faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything where you're only going to, like, 100 because real quick. So I've gotten, you know, I got bushings that came in and springs and all that fun stuff. And we're going to do some chassis bracing from uh, Pierce Racing. And I should say the bushings were uh, courtesy of um, – uh, uh, God damn it, I can't think of the name right now. Um, but uh, – Anyway, um, so we're going to be doing some stuff where I'm going to build up the suspension on mine and, um, you know, we'll kind of do that comparison versus stock, what a stock VS is and see what that is. And then later it will get crazy power. But um, those cars, the problem is, is if you that turbo is so small that if you go for high power in them, you just blow off the tires through all the first second, second gear because it doesn't have time to hook up. Yeah. I'm really glad you guys were talking so much right then because I showed a lot of pizza in my mouth. Um, yeah, so I appreciate that. Was, that. that was scary. I, I, it was awesome. I love pizza. <clears throat> now, Zach, um, what's going on with your ride? Anything new? Any updates? Uh, solar panels yet? No, no solar panel. Man, I want that thing. So I was bad. at Harbor Freight the other day, and I saw the solar panels. I was like, oh, I should get those. Dude, back. solar panel light bar. I mean, solar panel. <laughs> it's the best idea ever. It's it's I've so been looking good. that. I've been looking up stuff on that for like the last three weeks. I I'm very tempted. I, I would I, I would have to like sleep in my car just to justify all the electrical outlets I want to put in there. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I talked to my friend about it. He's saying for battery source, it's better to go with like golf cart batteries than a bunch of recycled laptop ones just for straight like they retain much more amperage. And oh yeah, stuff. just get some sealed lead acid um, batteries like yeah. you use in a uh, backup power supply for a computer. The, but the, the charging system would still work. Um, I got I got a ticket for my tent. Because it's too dark, which it is, and I have a whole bunch of parts waiting for me to have time to put on a bunch of parts. Like that's the exhaust dumps, and it, ne- it needs brake pads and it needs brake fluid, which I also bought sitting in my house. You've been a busy man. I know. So those will get done in August, I think. Excellent, uh, AJ. Now, I know we spoke about the 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 Davis. Okay. Last time we were here, and there's someone else you wanted to talk about. You have an upcoming show, right? Yeah, yeah. So we have the Davis Devon, which is a Indiegogo campaign that you can go to Peterson.org to check out and contribute to. And then coming up May 17th, 17th. I'm sorry. Hold on, guys. I I have a t- I uh, there we go. Hold on one more second. <laughs> I should have had it right. May 17th, I was right, we're having at the Peterson a Japanese classic car cruising, or just a Japanese car cruising. Uh, so we're inviting out anyone that's got anything Japanese-related, come on down. We're hoping to have uh, some of the factories bring out some you know, neat old race cars and historic stuff, newer concepts. We're inviting people who have, you know, the, like the neat cool show stuff you've seen. And then, you know, for everyone who's got anything from a 240Z to a Civic or... Mm-hmm. You know, an FJ or something, in, you know, in between, come out 
And we'll have a fun day of checking out each other's Japanese cars. Nice. Uh, is any chance Corolla's going to roll anything out there? Um, I hope so. Talk to DeAndre and see he's he's, he's got some away. he's got some incredibly cool Japanese cars. Um, I would imagine between coming down from Glendale to LA and then somehow getting cars up some and managing tight, to get Adam to leave his home. Tight. Well, we it's don't. Worse, we we we, lot, we yeah. more just need the cars. The car. I mean, we'll we'll be we'll be okay with just the cars, but with well, with any old race cars, you've got logistics to work out. But um, but no, that that'd be cool. He's he's got some, you know, he's got all the cool Newman stuff, but then he's got some incredible BRE stuff that I'm. Yeah, I'm I think the BRE a, cars are cool. The the five ten. Yeah, that he's got the Bobby awesome. Allison five ten. He's got the first BRE two thousand. I think he's got a. He's got a six six ten. He's got a. I think that's a yes. Newman Sharp six ten. Yeah. He has a factory lightweight two thousand. So mm-hmm. really uh, really neat. Uh, so I'm a weird Pete Brock kind of John Morton nerd, so I love seeing that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, you know, we're hoping you know, like Jonathan Ward. I emailed today saying mm. why don't you bring out a couple FJs and so try to get a uh, you know like the I'd love to uh, that Speed Hunters FRS that was on Leno's garage. Didn't see it. Did you see, see it? Either, no. Scion uh, Speed Hunters built for Scion for SEMA a uh, kind of a TRD throwback. Trans Am Oh, similar FRS. to um, everybody was saying, like, Ryan Turk kind of bit their livery, or they bit Ryan Turk's livery. I don't know. But it's funny because it's both, like, old it's, Toyota it's, livery. It's a, yeah. T- yeah, it, it's a TRD sort of design, and it's got – it was just incredibly built. It's a very, very neat Scion build. So, you know, stuff like that. We're hoping to get some really sort of neat, iconic, you know, maybe a couple big – couple of big gtrs so yeah. if you have a japanese car or if you're just a fan of japanese cars come check it out if you bring a japanese car it's completely free to park we'll nice. give you preferred parking uh come hang out and have a good time yeah it's that car oh, cool. yeah, yeah that's very grand amy that's cool. i gotta get um so mod bargains the guys that hooked me up with uh, the lighting gear uh for my fiesta um one of the kids over there he's got a uh he's got a scion that he has an electric supercharger on sure it's, yeah, we gotta drive that car. Yeah, it's I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's really cool. There's this guy in Canada, basically hand makes the kits, uh, and he's got one of the few ones that are out there, and it's it's actually a really cool setup. I'm sort of dying to drive either a BRZ or an FRS. I've, I've you never, never driven so them. Fun. No, yeah. I've never driven them. I I sat in one at the auto show. That's and the that's, same. That's that's pretty much. Uh-huh. I got the gist of it, but I was kind of surprised with how much room I had and sort of how comfortable. I I got oh, yeah. into I got into a Nismo, the new Nismo 370Z, and I and I love Nissan, but my feeling kind of in it was like this feels very tight and very sort of old. Mm-hmm. Whereas then I got in the BRZ and it was like. This could work. I would be very comfortable driving this every day, and and I'm you know what we talked about before. I don't care too much about the high end horsepower. I just like something you can sort of ring out and take some turns. And the BRZs are sort of getting cheap enough used where it uh, it'd make a pretty good car to de- oh, tone. The yeah. uh, I can't wait till there's a Z refresh. That car really needs a new it's generation. A, supposedly the next one's going to be a major departure from where they are now. It's, it's going to go. Well, that's all right, I guess. Significantly lighter four-cylinder turbo from the things that are kicking around now. What happened to the IDX? Is that Oh, I think they said there's nah. So we had Which is a bummer. We mm-hmm. had those at our museum right? for I was uh, there for the event. Cars. I was there when they pulled them at Cars and Coffee. It was a really was cool event and and the people love the car and we had one of the designers and the designer said, you know, kind of like, "Hey, off the record, they're basically saying, figure out a way to take this from concept and to, <laughs> to, you know, to market ASAP. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, I'm so, I'm like, that's my next car. I'm, I need that car. 
And yeah, you just you don't hear about them anymore. Nope. Yeah, what happened is you know, one what they built was not going to be feasible as a production car. And then the other thing is they started looking at what was going on with Toyota, and they went, they can't move these cars anymore. And that's why they canceled them. Oh, what the FRS? Yeah. yeah, the FRSs and the BRZs are not selling. Well. I just hope that the the reimagined 370Z that we're making up in our heads here is above that. It has to be above that. It's got to be faster. It's yeah. got to be. It's got to be a bigger, faster car. It's going to be a, a north thirty thousand dollar car. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I like the, the 370Z how it is now on the outside. Um, I love like the design of it. I think it's got some good lines. I always have a problem with Nissan. Sort of inside wise with the interior, but well, I think their interiors don't, they don't look like they've changed from five. Like you can get an Infinity or a three seventy, you know, four years ago, and they sold it. Like there's so yeah. many carryover designs. You're like I can't. Tell My mom had an M forty five that was I don't know four or five years old, six years old, and it's like that's the same dash that's yeah. in the three seventy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's not good or bad. It's just it's done. You know, it's time to sort of do something new. But I. I even like the I think like that 350Z Nismo, the real early on. I think that'd be a good sort of might go up in value car someday. Mm. I, I'm not a huge 350 350 fan just because I found those cars. I never like the way they look, and I'm a big Z fan, but I, I didn't like those, and I found the 350s just super uncomfortable. Really, I I didn't like them at all. Now, I think it'd be neat if they went in a direction where it's like a baby GTR somehow. Like somehow with like 370Z design language yeah. though, you know, not as like sciency as the GTR, but that's a twin turbo motor. Maybe I think we do you a turbo that. motor, and maybe more is kind of a Infinity Coupe versus being a Nissan. Yeah, but I don't think Infinity, as much as they'd like to think they would, Infinity will never make a coupe that sporty. Like it need, if it's a Z, it needs to be. Yeah, they which they the, won't because they, they couldn't won't. figure out the gearbox mostly. Um, and a, a bunch of other reasons, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, that thing would have been so badass. Mm-hmm. But, oh, well. So that needs to become the Japanese crate motor. The yeah. GTR. Yeah. Just start putting it in anything you can. Oh, fuck, I'll put one in my truck just to piss people off. That'd be that awesome. Be that rad. motor alone's yeah. probably thirty five grand. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, well, it's like when uh, I was at the Charger Hellcat launch. They're like, you know, this will fit in your wagon pretty much like the uh, 5.7 you're putting in there. I'm like, oh, cool. I got 30 Gs like, for yeah, your Hellcat motor. in the wagon? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the engine and trans are actually bolted in. Oh, they, fit, they fit fine. You get a steering column now? Nope. There you go. <laughs> Is there any idea? Do you guys have any idea what the hell you're doing with that? Yeah, they, they have ideas. They do. Electric. It's just there's like so many real builds in front of it. Mm-hmm. So it's... Mm-hmm. No, man, I'm not going to push them. Yeah, I think we talked to Steve Dynan about it, and he was, and we were just casually like telling him what engine he got, and he's like, "Oh man, he could have picked anything less difficult." <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Everybody's like, "Ah, oh, LS this, LS that." Fuck that. I like that you did something different. I'm not shitting. On right, your right, right, right. I'm just the struggle is real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I didn't use a Ford crate motor. That would have been easier, or right. you know. But Chrysler motors are a pain in the ass to deal with as far as the electronics go because the the PCMs are completely locked. Mm-hmm. They're encrypted, and nobody can tune them. And that's that's the biggest stumbling block with those. Otherwise, they're great motors. That's the only reason you don't see them more widespread is because yeah. the electronics are a pain in the balls. That's, big, that's something, uh, Steve, because we went up and interviewed him for this new show, which is on Drive, called Engineered. And we interviewed him about CPUs, and he's like, they're making them way harder. Like, the, they have full-time hacker staff at Drive. Oh, yeah. And they've, they're still, like, it's getting more complicated. And he's like, that's the wall we're going to run into. And then... The aftermarket's going to fall on its face. Well, there's an article right here I actually have. I wanted to talk about this on Autoblog posted it. The title is Automakers to Gearheads. 
Stop repairing cars. Cars com- car companies say home repairs are legally problematic and seek copyright restrictions. That's oh, yeah. horseshit. That's a big th- yeah. Is he talking about? He's like, they, they, someone needs a class action that because they're basically it's some sort of block of trade idea. This like is, you can't tell someone to not you yeah. know use a product you've sold them at their home. This is um, this is an true. issue that's come up multiple times. And like in Europe, it's illegal for the manufacturers to keep diagnostic tools from mechanics in a lot of Europe. And that that was a thing that was going on here for a while, but they're all hiding behind what's called the, the DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which is dumb shit that came out basically to protect Hollywood 15 years ago. And um, they're all hiding behind this. And all they're doing is they're just hurting their customers. Luckily, you know, the one the one manufacturer that's kind of kept things open and it's just like, well, fuck it up, it's your problem. It's GM. They just let people do it. And they're like, well, if you break it, you you know, it's your problem. That's what needs – yeah, they need to figure out like – And I don't know why. Thing that, you know. Yeah, but it's – we're dealing with the United States here. That, that would never – Good point. Yeah, but as a manufacturer, happen. you can just void the warranty if they fuck with it. Yeah. Why stop people from fucking with it? I don't think it's the void the warranty. I think it's the when you speed out of control and kill right. yourself and, you know, half the farmer's market, yeah, what but, happened? Was it our engine or was it, you know, that uh, yeah, cool totally. fan you put in the exhaust pipe that makes it sound like a turbo? But if you <laughs> if you if they look at the war, if they look at the ECU and they go, oh, it was modified, then they're completely absolved of, you know. But that's the thing. But it's the U.S. The they're case, not. Yeah, that's the you, thing. It's the U.S. They're not. Yeah, there will be a handful of lawyers ready to take that case. On. Like, just look at Toyota went through so much shit. And in like, what was it like? I, I don't know the exact percentage here, so I'm just throwing. But it was like some ridiculously high percentage of all that the unintended acceleration was like old people stepping on the wrong fucking pedal. Mm-hmm. Or Floor really, mats getting yes, stuck. Yes, yeah. Um, just like dumb shit. So... It, it, I, we live in such a litigious society, specifically here in the states, that it's. I would hate to be in a business that sells things to other people. <laughs> the, the only distinction I would draw between that is that every car, every Prius that had that problem had an accelerator pedal. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the cars on the road are not modified. It's a much smaller subset to deal with. If you if you think that that was a factor in an accident, all you got to do is scan the PCM. Well, if the PCM is modified, but you know, like like Matt, I think his vet is not tuned. He's, he's got heads and and headers on it and shit, but there's no like uh, ECU work. So, Which is ridiculous because he's leaving like 50 horsepower on the table. Very true. But <laughs> uh, that aside, like, so if someone can scan it. I mean, obviously his car sounds modified, but I'm just saying like, there's modifications that have nothing to do with the ECU. I don't. Steve's solution was like, if you buy a car and you're gonna modify, you should sign a piece of paper that's like, I'm modifying this. You are absolved of these, you know, claims. Mm-hmm. And if someone doesn't sign that and they modify it, then you know maybe they could be then they would just not have any ground to stand. Well, yeah, yeah the automaker would be like, warranty, no, fuck you. You know, when you modify something, it only affects what you're what you're modifying, what the warranty covers. You know, your right. your exhaust and your stereo blows a fuse because you have a catback exhaust. That, that was can't. the Magnuson Moss thing, I believe. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The Magnuson yeah. Moss, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magnus. We're talking about Magnus again. Yes. Yes. Uh, what is the Magnus and Moss? I've heard of it. That I don't was know exactly the, what that it was is. the court case that basically said that like if you change your wheels, you can't you can't void the warranty on an engine. Okay, uh, which is weird because that's just a warranty claim. Tesla also. now is sort of trying to say is these cars are set up to be exactly untouched. You know, wheel changes, wraps, stereo 
can completely throw everything the only, off. The difference is, and this will happen with everything eventually, is because Tesla systems are also very integrated, they've kind of got a point on that. Other Outside of wheels, like if you change anything else on that, they're all very, very tightly related. I would argue that wheels on that car might do more damage because you're basically connecting a new thing to a motor that might have a different weight or a different radius. That's what I was going to say, weight. Whereas a wrap is nothing. Like yeah. It, it may be air efficiency, but that should have no 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 bearing on what happens. Stereo, then you're fucking with wires. You probably Yeah, you don't want to fuck with the stereo but, on a Tesla. But, yeah, like wheels might throw the sensor off and throw things. But, that, I mean, that could be any car. Right, but with mm-hmm. Tesla, you've got, you know, engine here, and then your wheel is, like, right up against yeah. it. Where, you know, drive tr- in his truck, it's, like, drive shaft, all these things. Like, it's it's more removed from such a complicated system. Yeah. I, I say all this as a highly untrained engineer. Sure. No, no, no. You make a good point, though. Like, you're, you're altering the weight on that electric motor, which is a direct connection to the wheels. So, I mean, yeah, there could be def- – I mean, you're definitely changing something in that Tesla ecosystem. So, I don't know. But, yeah, we do things strangely here. I mean, the fact that we have, uh, you know, tire pressure sensors is kind of unique to the U.S. market because other markets just look at the rotational speeds and go, oh, this one's slower because it's deflated. So they just use the ABS system and they go, these wheels are going 73 miles an hour. This one is doing this many rotations to do that. So, therefore, we know the tire pressure's down. And I hate those sensors, man. They fail all the time. They, like, they just do – like, a lot of cars they've been around, they fail. They have an error. They, brand new press cars doesn't matter. There's just a, a light on. Thad had that happen with the S7 coming back from Palm Springs. Happened to me in an F-Type. I, they're really fragile. Which is funny because really I left dumb. it in the video. The warning lights on a Jag F-Type. It's like fuck it. It's Jag. I'm leaving yeah, it in. It's, <laughs> it's part of the ownership experience. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. That's that, that's certainly an interesting conversation. But like not letting you like work on your car like that seems crazy to me. I mean, I can understand. All the lawyers at an automaker would prefer it that way. Of course, of course. Bring your car to us. Let us fix it. If yeah. we break it, we've broken it. If you break it, you know, like, but still, it's fucked up. It goes against. But know, even beyond, like, like about so cars. they don't want you doing it. It also then cuts all of these independent shops off at the knees. Sure. Which becomes an antitrust issue. Right. Right. And that's, that's true. That's when it becomes like, well, I can't work on it, but can ASE certified John work on it? And if they if they then said no, it has to be dealership. That's different. Yeah, or just, you know, go the kind of Alpina route where let Steve Dynan become a certified I'm able to work on every BMW made and, you know, let Ligenfelter be the guy, the you know, the AMG of Chevy where it's like take it to these trusted mechanics, take it to these trusted tuners, buy the parts at the dealership. We'll charge you the same price that, you know, we'll charge you a competitive price. I don't – I would go to the dealership to get something installed. If it was a competitively priced product, mm-hmm. you know, the problem is you go to their dealership and they want to charge you eleven hundred dollars for a tire rotation. Yeah. So it, it's got to be on. Because look, I, I I don't want to work on my own car. I don't know how to work on my own car. I want to turn on a car, drive, and go, and that's it. So I, I'm totally cool with going back to the dealership. It's just got to be on a competitive rate as going anywhere else. See, but on the flip side. Like I, I want to like if if all my truck needs is an oil change or the tires rotate or something, mm-hmm. I want to do that, and it shouldn't be against the law for me to do that. Yeah, but I think I think that I think maintenance is one thing, and then it's you know it's taking apart your your brand new Silverado engine is another. 
Well, I mean, it depends. I think it depends what you're doing. We I mean, also like, got to look at the language that they're trying to write in. If it's that's, like, you yeah. know, well, if you're if, – okay, I got an oil change two weeks ago, and I'm there, and this guy brought in a new truck, actually, 1500, Chevy 1500. The guy comes back in and says, hey, man, we couldn't work on your truck because your um, drain plug nut is rounded off, and we're not allowed to try to get a rounded off nut off because if we break it or we can't get, back, get it back on, then we have a stuck truck, and, we then, need a whole and pan. you can blame us on that. Or – He's like, if the if the thing doesn't get tightened properly and you drive away and then your engine blows up, we're like, so he's like, you have to take it to the dealership, and it was it was Jiffy Lou protecting themselves from someone else's rounded off mistake that could become an error. So like, if you change your oil and the law is like, well, we're worried about people hurting themselves. Well, what if you forget to tighten it down properly? Your oil drains out, your engine seizes on the highway. Da 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 da. You know, like. Then now you you know who do you sue? It's right, those, right. Because it's like, those corporate shops are the worst ones, though, is they won't do the littlest thing goes wrong, and they want to absolve themselves of responsibility for it. Well, right. the yeah, thing is, totally. there's no just trying to figure it out or just trying to help you out. There's no upside for them. The downside is we're sued, we're out of business, we got to fire people, you die. The upside is we got an extra twenty nine ninety nine, and you're going to be a customer maybe again. It's, yeah. And that's the same thing, you know, on a on a micro and a macro level, for Chevy. Besides the, you know, having enthusiasts not be mad at you, there's no upside to allowing people to work on their own car. The there's th- sure there is. There's a massive one. How many cars? How many crate motors are they selling because their ECMs are unlocked? Yeah, their aftermarket is big. I mean, they they make money. I don't know how much, but I don't know how much money they make versus. But that's but that's them buying. That's you going. I'm buying certified parts from Chevy right. that are able to be dropped in and installed, and these are all been tested versus. I'm just going to go throw this crate motor my buddy down the street built up in his race shop in my car. And then when, you know, the accelerator sticks and I go through a wall, who am I suing? Am I suing my buddy? Am I suing Chevy? Am I verse? It's just like I think Chevy, their idea is just let us handle it. We know See, what we're that's, doing. That's that's the problem, too. Because, like, if you did take a car, the accelerator got stuck and you went racing. And it's not you. It's It's the general consensus, like, who am I suing? It shouldn't be like – it shouldn't – instead it would be like, I oh, died racing. Like, well, that's why I love New Zealand because they just gave everyone insurance because they figured it's easier to give everyone insurance and then no one sues anybody. It's like it's cheaper. Like they're, And I think you're mm-hmm. not allowed to sue people for you know, a lot of different things that we would hear. Like if you get hurt, they're like, well, we took care of what happened to you. So you have no reason to sue this person unless you're paralyzed. Well, it like, frees up the court system. And then, yeah. yeah. You know. And it, it frees, it, there's way less litigious, and that's why base jumping. I mean, your accountant runs away with hundred grand of your money. Yes, you can sue them still, mm-hmm. but you can't sue somebody because they tapped you in traffic and for whatever reason you went to the emergency room and you didn't really need to. Or even if you, if you did need to, they're like, yeah. all right, we got, we'll take care of you because yeah. you know, then you don't have a reason to sue. Like he's yeah. liable for maybe the damage to your car, right? right? But – like your injuries, we as a country will heal you. Yeah, and that way I can't sue you. Like, oh, my neck's so sore, I need ten million dollars because my fry went up my nose and it itches. Now I have an allergy. Yeah, that I like this, it was an accident. This guy didn't maliciously hit you. Well, we don't know that, Your Honor. <laughs> Thanks, America. <laughs> yeah. No, sure. um, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if, if if see now I'm thinking like, well, I mean, if he did maliciously hit him, that's different. You gotta you gotta prove that. Right. That's true too. <laughs> so. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough. It's a it's a slippery slope, as they say. Um, but oh well, we'll see. We'll be there in the future soon enough as the cars get uh, more technical and locked off and and all this stuff. And and I'll just keep I, buying old shit. I think you'll just see the same the same manufacturers that support aftermarket stuff, 
will continue doing it. And then these same manufacturers have been just dick bags about it. Uh, they're going to continue. Yeah, you dick bags. Doing it. Well, I mean, they're stopping people from making repairs. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, AJ, uh, why don't you yes, sir. reiterate wh- when and what everybody should be seeing May 17th? May 17th, come out to the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles, California. Get up on the third floor of our parking structure on the promenade level. It's going to be free if you bring a Japanese car uh, or you just pay for parking if uh, you are in an American or European car. What does it cost to park there? Uh, it's whatever. I mean, a couple bucks an hour. It's it's competitive, normal, cheap parking. So Sunday, May 17th, we're doing a Japanese car cruise in. Uh, we're going to have new, old, race, off-road. Uh, we got a couple. I was working with our curator today, kind of coming up with a short list of the Japanese stuff in our collection we'll bring up. Um, you will see Suki's Honda S2000 from Too Fast, Too Furious. Nice. So get get ready for that. You'll get in line. Before it jumped the bridge or after? The, it, look, I hate to brag, but it is the hero car. <laughs> this, this is pre-vinyl wrap. This was all airbrushed on artwork. Oh, wow. Uh, we got a couple, That's actually impressive it, if you think about it. Look, <laughs> I, I've always said don't get excited to see cars from movies. Because they're never built as right. nearly nice as you think they're going to be. Uh, this is a surprisingly cool car. It's <laughs> it's it's an airbrushed car. You know, it's got the fur uh, Sparco seats. It's got a Vortex supercharged motor. I mean, it's it's a fully built, ready to drive pink car that's got a you know a lot of screens. Is it an S two thousand? Is it an S two thousand? You know, we got we got some, like uh, an old. Uh, Dotson Cedric and Toyota Crown we're going to bring up and then some some neat Honda scooters and motorcycles. Nice. Uh, so yeah, we, we hope to, to get a lot of neat neat cars out. Awesome. What if you arrive in a Japanese car that's not under its own power? But we have someone that might be. <laughs> yeah. If you can get that car not under its own power up our screws in the back to go up to the next floor and you've got to go up two I will personally pay for your we'll parking. Tow it with an American car. With mm-hmm. a truck. No, see, okay. I need a Pathfinder. Okay. I need, I need a Land Cruiser. I need something Tacoma. Japanese Tacoma. towing Tacoma. that Tacoma. Japanese Lexus, car. The million mile Lexus. Uh, oh, what if is that not Lago? running? No, it's running. Okay, you guys actually should bring that out because that is a car I am. That would be a good car. To I am nerdily really impressed with. That would uh, be a good car to bring. Lexus. We have we have a 2000 Lexus uh, 400 in our in our fleet. So that might make an appearance as well with nice. only a scant two hundred twenty five thousand. Now, see, you need to bring you need to bring the Lexus. Yeah, tell Matt. I'll borrow the car. I'll bring it. You tell, were saying tell Matt. <laughs> Carlos should bring his two forty. Carlos can't get in though. What is that? Because his car's not really Japanese anymore. That's true. <laughs> I was, was going to defer to the judge. The judge yeah, honestly. that's a good question. <laughs> now I've I've had Carlos on my show to talk about it and. Uh, that's a question that keeps me awake at night. That's a car. Is, is rad. that car it's so rad? I'm jealous. I'm insanely jealous. I love that body style. I love that car, but I love the original engine. But then yeah, he brought up a good but... point. He goes, "It's lighter. It, you know, it's, it's it performs better, better on all it's better. But do you really need 400 plus horsepower? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yep. You know why? Because we filmed these twin RX-7s. One had a fully built rotary engine. They're FDs, and it was it was like 400 horsepower. And the other guy had just a simple LS3 swap. I think. The guy with the LS motor got like 28 miles per gallon highway. He only used like a third of the tank the whole shoot day. Dude with the built rotary went through a tank and a half on the <laughs> same road. See, it's so weird because like, so like awesome. with the RX-7, I to me, the dream is go find a rolling chassis 
beautifully, you know, all its, you know, blew a, it blew a, a cylinder or something, put in the LS because they weren't great engines to begin with. They're super high maintenance. Yeah, I agree. They take tons of tuning where it's like just put in something, never have to, like, like a 928 for me. Right. Strip out the engine on the 928 Porsche, put in the LS, call it a day. You'll never have to worry about it. But you like the KA? I like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's something about the Japanese motor I, I, I sort of like about it. But I'm, for, for Carlos or anyone else who's got a, a 240 with a, an E-Rod motor, bring it out. Yay. Yeah, bring, that, bring them out. Haven't, haven't you driven that car? It's much better. I, I'll take it one further. If you've got an old Mini Cooper with a VTEC conversion, oh. I want to see it. Bring them out. And if you one. bought my Civic... Bring it out. Let's see who out there has it. I have no idea who you are, and you probably don't listen to this podcast. But all the all the 2000 GT owners listening, bring them out. I uh, you know, and if you have if you, a, have if you have a third gen Eclipse, stay home. If you have a like Eagle Talon, like stay stay at home. Or I'm a Mitsubishi sweating. 3000 GT. Well, you're not going to make it there anyway, so it's irrelevant. Nice Dodge Stealth. Uh, park on the second floor, walk up. <laughs> right. But uh, no, you know, it, it, it's going to be fun because, you know, is what I've always liked about our car shows is we don't have, you know, it's not fabulous Fords with 1,500 cars, but it's weird stuff. It's stuff you don't get to see every day. It's you're not going to really ever see two cars that are the same park next to each other. So I think it's going to be really neat to see sort of what, what turns out. Perfect. Perfect. So May seventeenth, um, uh, go to Peterson.org or carstories.com to check out more information. With an S-E-N. S-E-N, all E's. There's no O anywhere in that besides Pe- the dot org. Part. Right. Peterson with an O makes my lights for my truck, which will be going in soon, and we'll talk about that. Chris, tell everybody what the hell they should do with Shout Engine. Like an uh, Irish household, there's no O here. You should uh, also get on uh, the podcast and discuss things that nobody else cares about ad nauseum, like aftermarket installations of and an ECU b- locker. brewing beer. Yes. Uh, and we'll do that for you with the base plan for free over at Shout Engine. So, uh, Sweet. Uploaded do that? episode 66 today to Shout Engine. 66? 66. Or 46. I thought you, oh, no, 64 last time we spoke. Yep. Right, right, right. 66 is uploaded. What's, what's TST up to, Zach? Episode-wise, like 300? Uh, 167 or 168 earlier today. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We That's basically started a year before. Who knows? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think the number doesn't matter. Uh, so here we are, episode 101. Um, maybe we'll do another party thing when we hit 150 or something because we don't want to wait till 200 because it was surprisingly fun. Uh, but please go to iTunes and rate and review us. Uh, we want to climb that podcast ladder and bitch slap the other podcasts ahead of us, except for the smoking tire right. and car stories. Right. Uh, oh, no, no, no. You guys feel free. It's, it's cool. I won't, I won't hold it against you. Okay, thank you. Uh, um, also, tell us uh, via Twitter, Facebook, whatever, if you have any interest in doing a live show since we were discussing that earlier. Yes, hit us up. You know, Chris is uh, Hayes Data. Yep. Uh, I am at Jay Glucker and at The Hooniverse uh, and at Beer Snob TV since we talked about that earlier. Um, Zach, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter for your, uh, your yucks, all your yucks. Oh, my yucks. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> He'll be at the Yuck Yuck Room in uh, downtown Boise. Yeah, I'll be at Laffy Taffy in the stretch room. Uh, just at Zach Clapman <laughs> on Twitter. Z-A-C-K-K-L-A-P. Because no can spell it. I know that. That's true. Where can they find you on the social medias? Uh, Twitter.com at JamMasterAJ. That's right. It was an awesome one. I remember that. That's a good one. All right. Uh, so like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, keep reading our website, and spread the gospel of the Hooniverse Podcast. We'll see you next week on episode 102.